Welcome to Sports Scouts. I'm Joey Goodsir. I'm Michael Rowe. And we are recording this, a long-awaited episode on Thursday, May 2nd, 2019. We're going to talk NFL draft, playoffs, baseball, and more. But first, Michael, as always, will give you some scout scores. Yeah, so the boys' baseball yesterday defeated Zion 10 to nothing. The boys' lacrosse team lost to New Shear 9-8 on Monday night. And the girls' lacrosse uh, recently went on a four-game win streak, including a win over um, Deerfield on Friday night. Girls soccer is coming down um, to its last run of the season as the news just came that they are officially um, a, a two-seed in the Antioch sectional in Class 2A of the IHSA tournament. Boys volleyball recently won their second straight Libertyville Invitational. So, yeah, just a little bit of shorter segment this week because, um, you know, things are crazy lately. So, um, yeah, just going through the specific scores. Uh, but if you want more on the latest in LFHS sports, ch- uh, sports check out the latest articles. Uh, Jen Trozian has some baseball coverage up. Carter Horan has vo- has a volleyball recap up there, and Connor Clark has a big Riley Mills feature. Um, all on the Forescout.com. If you didn't hear the sport you wanted to hear, or we screwed up somehow, just send in the scores and informative news to sportscoutspodcast at gmail.com so Michael can give it a shout out. Um, let's move into national sports and start with show me what you've got. Okay, so for this uh, week, show me what you got. We kind of have a theme here because I'm going to start off with uh, the Carolina Hurricanes, who last time uh, we were sitting in the studio were going into a Game 7 against the defending Stanley Cup champion Washington Capitals and won in overtime in exciting fashion. And now they're already up 3 nothing against the uh, New York Islanders in the second round. And it just seems like, you know, we always characterize the Carolina Hurricanes as this team that doesn't do much and then randomly goes on this like deep playoff run so it just seems to be going right up to script and you know considering that we've you know talked about them since the regular season on the show as the as the funny team with the celebrations it's adding to it's adding to the excitement that the stanley cup playoffs are having this year so um it's an exciting it's an exciting team to look out for and we're gonna have to see how this series closes out and how um the carolina hurricane season comes to an end uh, Michael, do, yep. you, do you want to go? Yeah. Yep. So mine is the Trailblazers. I, I think I actually mentioned them again last week. So kind of a, a, an ongoing theme here with the teams we're picking. Right. But I th- the Blazers, again, like I said last week, they're a scrappy team, and they lost the first game to Denver, but they came back with the win yesterday to tie the series at one. But, I mean, it they've shown that they are a team that really can't compete with anyone. And I think, and like, like the last series um, – Again, uh, like the last series, Dame Lillard has been their go-to guy. But if he's not, if he's not uh, making his shots, they have a lot of other guys they can plug in, and they can step up for him. And we saw last night, even with with Dame getting double team, triple team, that CG, guys like CJ McCollum can step up, make some big shots for them. And and when they, and even uh, Jokic too on on uh, the Nuggets, he, they shut him down, and he he really felt the pressure from their double teams last night. And even though both teams didn't really shoot very well, I mean that tenacity on on their defense really it plays well in any against any team in, in any series. So they're definitely still a team that can make some noise in the playoffs. Yeah, I mean I'm pretty sure we're seeing kind of a theme here with um, two kind of um, two teams that you know aren't normally seen as playoff contenders, and they're making their um, runs this year um, in this in this time of the year at the same time. So two big kind of fun stories. So let's move into news. 
Okay, so we're going to start with the NFL Draft. Um, the NFL Draft and all of its ensuing festivities took place in Nashville over the weekend with the usual load of stories being produced from the event. So, Michael, which draft moves do you prioritize as the most significant positive move, the, the most significant good thing that happened, and the most significant negative move, the most significant bad thing that happened? Yeah, so I think for the most positive move, I mean, it's got to be right at uh, number one and number two for for Kyler Murray, of course, Cliff Kingsbury, the new head coach for the Cardinals, of course, he's getting the guy he wanted. So that's kind of expected that right. the pick was going to happen. But also for the 49ers to get a guy like Nick Bosa at number two, that probably should have been number one. So now there's steal, but the team that I wanted to mention the most was Jacksonville Jaguars getting um, Jonathan Allen or uh, Josh Allen from Kentucky, who's a guy that that should not have been there at number seven, I believe their pick was, and he should have been. He could have easily been a top three pick, but of course, with the Giants doing what they did and taking the quarterback, not Dwayne Haskins, taking Daniel Jones, was kind of a surprise, of course. And they could have gotten they could have gotten Josh Allen, and but it said he fell to the Jaguars, and that just solidifies an, an already an already really solid defense that the Jaguars had in place. And of course, having a guy like Nick Foles on their offense this year and and already keeping that same defense that they had in 2016, more or less, they're they're a team that could definitely rebound really uh, solidly this year and make another deep run like they did a couple of years ago. But having a guy like Kevin Foles on like Bortles too would be is, is a huge difference. But having Allen, especially now, that is a huge upgrade for them. Yeah, for sure. Um, lots of very very, you know, we talked about this with Jay when we had the guest segment, but it's it, you know it's a very very exciting class, in that. You know, Kyler Murray's the face of it, but then there's this underlying just load of defensive talent that's really going to probably make a huge impact on the NFL pretty quickly um, relative to other classes and, you know, how fast they kind of shift in um, to the NFL. So we're going to have to look out for that. Uh, most significant negative move, what do you have? I think still it's still got to I'm still shaking my head about the Giants pick. Yeah. I, I just there's th- no there's not that many other places to go except there. I mean, I, f- I feel bad for the kid, I think, cuz he's definitely a talented player, of course, being being picked where for he sure. was or being picked yeah, number 6 overall. He's definitely has some talent, but I mean just the record that I mean coming out of Duke, you know, he's not it's kind of like a Mitch Trubisky kind of pick, like he wasn't really a, a big like top program like Patrick, Patrick Mahomes was right. Texas Tech like a big Big 12 school or an SEC team, but I mean the ACC is no joke. But the Duke's kind of known for the basketball and not really a football school. So it's kind of like Mitch Trubisky, North Carolina, right. basketball school, not a football school. But kind of still yeah. very talented players. But I just think that he can easily get thrown under the radar. I mean, I'm not saying he's going to be a bad player, but just for the sake of the of the Giants situation, I mean, fans wanted this to get somebody that they could rally themselves behind and. He's not really like Trubisky, kind of like if I'm comparing them, I guess now that they're kind of similar guys that they just will kind of willing to fall underneath the radar and they're kind of just going to do their own thing, but they're not going to be kind of flashy like other players would. And I think that's kind of something that Giants fans wanted. So it's going to be hard for them to stick with them, I think, especially after Dave Gettleman, their GM, was saying that he could stay behind Eli for another three years, which is something that he should not be saying. And I mean, I get that he maybe he should sit for a little bit behind him, but. I mean, maybe just half a season, maybe. But I think before, and in this new kind of NFL, you see uh, rookie quarterbacks out there in their first season, the first couple of games. So the the age of letting the guys sit for a couple of years, like we saw with Aaron Rodgers under uh, Brett Favre, I mean, th- those days are kind of gone. So they're going to need to 
get something out of him, I think, this year to get some progress going into 2020. Yeah, so I'm, a I little, mean, I'm a little worried for that pick it already. Just, it just reeks so many similarities to Mitch Trubisky. It's kind of crazy. I think that in the end, like with Mitch Trubisky, Giants fan. I mean, Giants fans could be proven wrong in this whole thing. And I think that lots of the time we look at flashy quarterbacks in college, and we look forward to their NFL draft pick. And honestly, they don't. They either don't finish that high, or they get picked and they're kind of bust because they're just not prepared for the NFL size and the physicality and you know they the, all the running around that they did in college kind of doesn't work in an NFL system so you know as a result there's these under the radar quarterbacks who are NFL ready and just aren't you know being NFL ready does not necessarily and at least in my opinion mean performing super super well in college yeah and you know doesn't necessarily mean you're on the best team ever so every once in a while there's going to be these picks and so I mean, I don't know. Things could turn out well for um, the Giants, but um, you know, considering the fan reaction and considering what's going yeah. on right now, it's definitely difficult. Yeah, so, he, he could yeah. very well be a good, a really good pick. But just considering the environment that that's the Giants are sh- has surrounded themselves with, with their fans, of course, being very passionate, trying to get a guy like Dwayne Haskins, who they thought they were going to get, it's going to be hard for him to, I guess, overcome that. And seeing that Dwayne Haskins being uh, at, in Washington, a division rival having to face them two times a year. I mean, if he starts to play really well, Dwayne Haskins, I mean, that's going to make it even tougher for him to succeed, I think. And he's feeling the pressure, I think, already. And he hasn't even stepped foot on the field yet. So it's going to be interesting to see where they go with, I guess, having Eli this year as the bridge kind of guy for him and then letting him rip, I guess, um, I guess, letting the ball rip for him. Whether it's a couple games from now or a season from now, I mean, it's going to be interesting to see what what they do with him. And I don't know, it's going to be, it's going to be inter- a wild ride, I think, for that. Mm-hmm. Definitely. Yeah. So, yeah. I guess now we'll move on to hockey. So, Joey, um, hockey continues with more of of c- continues more of the second round, um, the Stanley Cup playoffs, and considering our previous conversation about the new division systems, um, I guess kind of the stamina of of this new system. Do you think the NHL has maintained excitement going into the second round with, with, with this new format, I guess? So now that we're seeing it, um, and it's going to be a lot more figured out once we have a Stanley Cup champion and once this is all over, but um, I'm definitely, now that we're kind of in the midst of the second round and kind of seeing the, the remaining the remaining teams that somehow found their way out of the crazy first round, I think that this that the NHL, um, as a result of the system, at least now is going to take a just public kind of ratings hit. I think that this isn't good for upfront like presentation to the average sports fan who doesn't necessarily dive into hockey too much because there are teams that people know uh, with players that people know, and not a lot of those teams are still in this playoffs. So there's that, and that, that's kind of a negative, and I think that that's going to take a hit on the NHL, at least for this year until things can adjust. Um, but on the other hand, as far as the game itself, I think it totally has maintained excitement, at least out, uh, somewhat out of what my expectations were. Um, I, personally, for me, I think it's, I think it's just because um, you know the, all these new teams that haven't had the chance to do what they're currently doing and now they're set up to uh, potentially win a championship. So there's there's kind of that storyline, and there's all these young teams 
with new star players who are kind of going all out to make their their run as a team to win another cup. It's something we haven't seen in a while considering that there's been a lot of dynasties lately in the NHL and there's kind of just this long era dynasties through the end of the 2000s into the 2010s. I mean, the Hawks were a huge part of it. We know when we were here, I mean, yeah. that was a big thing. Yeah, for sure. This is not that anymore. And so that's what's kind of exciting about it is it's something different. The only obvious negative though is that at at first until new narratives develop, until new stars completely rise up, it's going to be a little bit of a ratings hit, but if you just if you trust the game and you tune in a little bit, it gets pretty exciting. I mean, there was there was just a great you know third late third period tied game between the Carolina Hurricanes and the um, New York Islanders last night. Uh, Hurricanes won as I said they're up three nothing as I said in the top of the show. You know late late goal by Justin Williams who's their who's their captain is known for being clutch and you know coming in late and making those big plays and that's what he did. And so like the games themselves are exciting. It's just a matter of trying to get people attracted to it, and that's going to take a little bit of time. Yeah, the only thing I'm worried about, though, is going into, like, the next season to see how, like, how this new system plays out, like, for a wear and tear kind of kind of situation, I guess. Right. Will guys be fatigued going into the next year? I think this could be possibly a worry, but I think uh, – I don't really see a problem with it, I think. I think guys will – I think it's just guys just want to win right now, and I don't think this is going to be a problem going – maybe right. re- rest the guys for a couple games – I don't know how it's going to play out. I mean, they have plenty of time, I think, till the next. To the next, I don't think that's going to be a worry. But they have a long off, it'll, a longer off season. Than it'll definitely be interesting to see how it affects it, it the teams maybe. that are normally in it forever. Yeah. and now they're out. So. Yeah, so I don't know. It, it could possibly kind of wear off to the next, kind of the start of next year. But I mean, I think the players should be okay for for the most part. Okay, uh, moving on. One of the larger ongoing subjects on the show in the past weeks was the Cubs' struggles. Now things have changed, though, um, as Chicago recently has surged up to second place in the NL Central standings. Um, the 7-3 and three last 10 games record, too, uh, that's brought them back far over 500, and they're kind of in a different place now. So, Michael, what changed for the Cubbies, and how long can things stay solid? You know, it really hasn't been the offense because it's been consistent all year long. They've been scoring right. runs since the first day of the year. Somehow. I don't yeah, I don't I, even know how that, how that became our – you know, strong suit. Yeah, I think. Well, I think part of it's getting rid, of, getting rid of Chili Davis from last year. That's was, definitely part of I it. I don't know what what he did there, but whatever it was, it didn't work. So, but yeah, the offense. I mean, guys like that, we really haven't. There really hasn't even been the big boppers like Rizzo or Bryant. Th- those. It's been more near the bottom of the order. Guys like Bodie, uh, I guess b- back to the top. Kind of a surprise is Daniel Descalso. Those are two guys that have really been really that have been solid for us. Another guy. Wilson Contreras has bounced back really well this year. Uh, Jason Hayward, another guy. So the offense hasn't been a problem at all, but I can say what has helped us the most is more than the offense is, of course, the starting pitching because let's look at John Lester again last night. I, th- I think he went seven, gave up one. I know he went – I only gave up one hit, but I believe it was either seven or eight, but I think it was seven. Eight strikeouts, I believe. Mm-hmm. He, was, he was great in his second start back from the DL – or the IL, they call it now. <laughs> injured less <laughs> that's another conversation to get into but I th- I just think that with the way the rotation has been going Quintana's been excellent his last like the last month that started the year honestly he's been phenomenal and Cole Hamels has still been Cole Hamels and I just think that the bullpen that just helps it, the bullpen has clearly changed their dynamic too with um, the rotation being able to go seven six seven every night 
it just makes it a lot easier for the bullpen. They're they're well rest. Of course, after that D-backs game, everyone's kind of exhausted a little bit still. But the bullpen has been really well rested these last couple of days or last couple of weeks, and I just think a lot of guys have stepped up in the bullpen, like um, uh, Alan Webster that they have there. He's yeah. Been, he's actually he's stepped up really well. Um, that Kyle Ryan has has been really solid. He doesn't throw very hard, but Things are definitely getting better. Yeah, Dylan Maples has been called up, and he's been really he, – he's contributed. He's a nasty slider. He hasn't been in many games, but who knows? He could possibly be something for the bullpen. Strope's been all right. Steve, Steve Shusak's been, been all right. So, I mean, I think the team – Brandon Morrill is still on the shelf for quite a while. But, I mean, they've – the bullpen is – they've been – the Cubs have been dealt with um, – the Cubs have been dealt with uh, the cards they've been given for the bullpen – this year, Joe Madden, that is, he's been dealt with his cards, but I mean, he's put it to, he's put uh, a bullpen together that he can win with. I still think, and right. I mean, it's not the best bullpen in the world, but I mean, he's put together, I mean, a bullpen that works for for now, and I think that with the rotation the way it is, I mean, it just makes it a lot easier for them. It takes a lot of pressure off them. Yeah, for sure. I think it's you know, bullpen is in a better position now. Obviously, I mean they're 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 getting better results. Obviously, they have they have a better situation right now. I do think it's a temporary fix. I think that the bullpen's still a long-term issue that Theo's going to have to really look into. I mean, we've said it many times on the show that it's like there's going to need to be some ground-up rebuilding right now and, you know, that's going to eventually happen. But for right now, they have kind of a good patch over the wound at least. So, um things are getting better and hopefully they can find some consistency at the right time once the season moves really close to the postseason because that's the one issue. That's the other kind of issue that they had last year that they probably should get rid of is you don't want a bunch of streakiness. Hopefully we see some rising consistency. So yeah. that's what we should look forward to, hopefully. I mean, but it has been encouraging, though, I guess, for the yeah, least. It's, it's, but it's I mean, been helpful for I, sure. What yeah. I want this bullpen going into an NLCS um, game seven, uh, I don't think so. Right, not, I mean, not at all. Who knows what what Theo could do? I mean, he poss- possibly at the trade deadline could get someone, maybe. But I mean, with the Cubs situation and the farm system, I don't know. They could be kind of hesitant, I guess, someone. to do I something. Mean, but of course, Craig Crimble's still out there. But I don't really want him that much. Yeah, considering that the m- amount of money we have to give him just for like half a season this year, and then however many years he tax on, he's just yeah, gonna for sure keep going downhill from there. So yeah, it'll be interesting to see how they how they play it out, but the bullpen still is it's been really solid the way the last couple of weeks, so hopefully they keep it up and stay as consistent as they've been. Yeah. Okay, so um yeah, let's move on. So to now yep, topic, so yeah. we're gonna go back to the or we're gonna go to the NBA playoffs now. We've talked um the NHL playoffs, baseball, it's not the NBA. So Joey, uh the NBA playoffs are also going on, like like we said, um uh, with the second round getting getting going currently and Joey, are there more things to look forward to now in the NBA playoffs going so into the second round? I'm somehow a little bit more excited. I'm a little bit more intrigued. We have a teams that look pretty decent and some fun matchups. I definitely, you know, Buck Celtics was kind of awaited, and now we're getting that matchup, and it's kind of a strong matchup to look forward to, especially if you're more of an East-Midwest guy like us, you know, and have those those teams that we can more closely relate to, I feel like. I think that's kind of a cool matchup. Uh, 76ers-Raptors has kind of been fun still i mean the series is 1-1 right now so i mean you know things are looking good there uh warriors rockets is is one that's been awaited for a long time although the rockets are kind of in not so great shape considering james james harden's injury 
and all of that stuff going on right now. So um, that might not live up to be what it was supposed to be, unfortunately. So that's kind of a one um, downside. But you have your good mix of you know one of the one of the benefits that the NBA has in this these remaining eight teams that the NHL does not have in their remaining eight teams is they do have at least one superpower. Obviously, the Golden State Warriors. So it's kind of good to have that at least one team to throw into kind of a new mix. Um, Portland Trailblazers and Denver Nuggets. We talked about the Trailblazers, and they're taking on a Nuggets team that's like kind of, kind of you know, quietly doing a really really good job this season. So that's kind of just the, just the fun you know, underlying two teams in that one matchup. So I think it adds up to a pretty good second round, and hopefully. Hopefully we see the right wins out of it to make some exciting matchups. I would I would hopefully look forward to like um, I don't know. I mean the biggest the biggest series right now for me is Bucks Celtics, and we're gonna see who comes out of that. Yeah, but that, that was a really great game. Yeah, th- that game two. I was I was a little worried after that game one the way it went down. It's gonna be another. Yeah. Here we go again. Al Horford versus Ekatumbo, an- another shutdown game from him. But Gian- the Bucks and Giannis responded very well the next game. But I'll let you keep going. Yes, sir. Yeah. No. I'm I that's. That's basically it. I mean, I think that they, you know, they got the right uh, results they needed um, out of the first round, and it's th- we got some fun matchups. So, yep. um, yeah, definitely looking forward to some um, NBA excitement for now. Um, yeah. it, you know, depending on the results, it might go back down a little bit, but, you know, it, it'll always be good by the finals. So yeah. we'll see what happens. The only thing, though, is the Rockets, too. I'm a little worried about. Them. I mean, they just, That's they've the been one complaining thing. nonstop about the referees. Well, you got to go out and play at some point. For sure. Which, there's, which there's I think been a that lot of complaining. I mean, I understand. I don't. I understand where, where they're coming from. I mean, watching that game one. I mean, there's there was a lot of questionable calls, and of course the Rockets. They've gone back and and studied the the tape from previous years too, and they've put together a, a case that they have. However, I think I don't know how many calls it was, but it was a lot of. I don't know. It was like forty or fifty something calls that they picked out that the refs blew against them other game and other games against the Warriors but I just think you know it, this is not the time to be complaining I mean what are you going to tell your fans just not the oh time by the all. way yeah th- what are you going to tell the fans by the way oh we we could have won the series last year if they didn't blow these calls so you're just going to go out there and say we could have did something instead of actually going and doing it not overcoming sure. the adversity I just think that I mean that's not a good message you want to send to the players to the fans that I mean that, that you're just okay with saying oh we, we could have won but we didn't even though I mean they're a talented team, they could still win without, um, with without trying to getting a, a kind of a participation trophy. That is just saying, oh, we we could have did this, but they're a talented team to go out there. They're good enough to go out there and get it done themselves. And I think that James Harden needs to. Of course, he suffered that that eye injury, but they said there was no damage in his eye, so that's good for them. But going being back in Houston, they're going to have to figure something out before they fi- they find themselves in a three zero hole. I just think I th- I still think that it's going to be a lot to overcome from t- down two zero already, being w- what they faced already yeah. as, a, as a team. But I just think that's just a bad message that they're sending to their fans right now that the team is more worried about missed calls than they are about trying to win a game. So yeah, definitely the one disappointment just, yeah. out of the second round. Yeah, for I, sure. I, th- I, I wish that this yeah. was going to be a more competitive matchup, but it's just not look turning out that yeah, way, exactly. which is unfortunate for the NBA and you know the league as a whole. Yeah, as yeah. A league, it's been. Uh, yeah, I I thought it was be gonna be. I think now I think the most in- intriguing series is probably back in uh, the East for the Bucks and the Celtics. That's for sure. A really good and series. I'm fine with that. That looks that's yeah. a fun matchup. That's, so it's gonna yeah. be good. 
Okay, so um, this show has kind of been a short show, but the reason, one of the reasons why it is a short show is because we have such a big, exciting guest segment this week. Um, it's been waited for for a while. Um, so um, since we had Jay on last week, we said that they will return and they're coming back. Ryan Peters and Carson Ward uh, sat down with me yesterday and we I just... I was disappointed it, I couldn't come on. I know. I was oh out yeah. sick yesterday, but yeah. I heard it was a really Th- good segment. They, so. they, they were questioning that, that's for sure. But... Um, <laughs> Yeah, um, it was a it was a good I've been segment. I the whole show, so yeah, it was a, it was a crazy segment. It went it went all over the place, um, but that's that. I guess that was the fun of it. So um, enjoy this week's let's sit down, um, and then we'll be back soon. But um, yeah, make sure to be entertained by it. Hey guys, so as hyped, Carson and Peters will be our guests on this week's let's sit down segment, and. As they are being characters on the show in the Your Scouting segment, we decided that it would be best to do a hot take segment, just a general hot take segment. And it was very, very free-flowing, and it kind of goes all over the place, and they talk about all the recent happenings in sports. So just be prepared for some really unstructured podcasting uh, in this next segment, and uh, we'll get back to the show. But until then, just enjoy wherever this segment takes us. Sit back, relax, and be entertained. And, of course, laugh a little. you got to enjoy the longtime caller, first-time listeners. So here's the segment. Uh, hello, long time caller, first time listener. And uh, listen, I know you've had me and Peters on the show to talk about March Madness, uh, which I won the Four Scout March Madness bracket challenge, by the way. But I know I still haven't been on for like a uh, normal show just to talk about all, all the happenings going on in sports. And I think that you and Rob are scared. Yeah, I noticed that Rob wasn't there when me and Peters were on. I think he's terrified of us and our hot takes. And now I hear that you're having uh, Jada Coster on the show instead of us. And he has been accused by numerous people of stealing other people's takes. And I just find it grossly offensive. And I'm just wondering when you're going to man up, put us on the show. I'll hang up and listen. Okay, welcome to this week's Let's Sit Down, and uh, we got two guests here that um, have been long awaited and everybody knew was coming, of course, um, our longtime caller, first-time listeners. Um, so, happy, um, First of all, happy holidays. Thanks for having us, Joey. Yeah. And Shaw, because you couldn't hear me last time, I will be yelling, <laughs> so if you can't hear me, then you're deaf. Okay. Yeah, so that's what we're doing just to make sure that the sound works out here. Uh, we had some, we had a bunch of technical difficulties, so we're making sure that does not happen. Um, but yeah, so we had Jay, Jay on last week, so it only made sense to have the two of you guys on now. Um, but we're just gonna we're just gonna roll through the latest stuff in sports, and we're just gonna see where the hot takes you guys spit out takes I mean, us. I mean, it's great to see Ralph here, like really showing up. I mean, was this the second time in a row he's missed us? The two times we've been he's scared of us. He's scared. Appar- apparently, he's sick. That's oh, that's, that's what I'm that's, hearing. I'm not buying it. <laughs> that, I'm not buying that. Sorry. Yeah. Okay. So I think where we yeah. So that that's that's too bad because this was gonna be um, a full four-person roundtable, but now it's only the three of us again. But regardless, um, we're going to roll through everything here. So I think the place that we should start is the place where you guys stormed in, which was on NFL draft coverage. And now that, you know, the three days of the NFL draft has been complete, um, definitely want to hear what you guys are thinking as far as that goes. Okay, um, what I'm first going to start out with is I think the Buffalo Bills had one of the best drafts. Now they have Josh Allen and Tyree Jackson. That's what six five and six seven. 
both at the QB position, I think they could easily make a Super Bowl run this year. Ooh. Yeah, Tyree Jackson, uh, he's got a rocket arm, just like Josh Allen. And I think they could do some, like, two quarterback formations, have them both on the field at the same time, like, utilize the best of their offensive Maybe talents. Maybe some wildcat. That's pretty yeah. – Two quarterbacks is pretty innovative. We'll have to see what happens there for sure. And then, I mean, yeah. well, I mean, you said the, Buff- the Buffalo Bills have a Super Bowl run chance. Do they win the Super Bowl though? Because that's well, the big thing with so those fans. Here's the deal. I think they might. My other team in the Super Bowl is actually the Green Bay Packers. Um, but so that's because now they have. I mean, running backs don't really matter. They're completely irrelevant. But the one running back in this draft that mattered the most is Dexter Williams, and the Green Bay Packers <laughs> got him. And he is one of the best prospects we've seen with his burst since – I'm just going to throw some names out here, Walter Payton or Barry Sanders. Um, and then you pair that with – everyone knows the when they think of the Packers, they think of the best quarterback in the world, Deshaun Kaiser. Then you pair that Kaiser, Williams, and Equinemius St. Brown. That's a formidable offense. The only problem is – I think they had a really bad draft for their defense. Who they get that Rashawn Gary guy? He's, yeah, he struggles. he's a bust. I, I don't think he's going to be that great. Um, We're going to see what happens with that, that injury. Yeah, but that Super Bowl, it's going to be tough. It's a kind of a toss up between the Packers and uh, Bills right now. Mm-hmm. Okay, so not surprised at the Dexter Williams take, considering you said he was better than Saquon Barkley last week. Now you're going all the way up to Walter Payton, Barry Sanders level. So we're going to have to see how that works out for. Uh, Green Bay, but um, Carson, what are you thinking about the draft right now? Uh, I I'm gonna be honest. I'm not too happy with the Bears draft. Like as Peter said, running backs are not really the most important position, so I don't really get why we would trade up to get a running back in David Montgomery. And Montgomery's a pretty decent. You know, he's elusive. He can break Great. tackles. He's good out of the backfield. But I mean, giving him an extra fourth round pick for him to move up, I just don't see it. I think we should. Uh, went for the defense or on the offensive line oh, with that oh. pick. They're the Bears undrafted free agents though. I mean at Harry Highstand, their offensive line coach, he got Alex Bars and Sam Mustafer, who are both steals after the draft. Yeah, and then the next pick was Riley Ridley and I'd, I'd, I knew he was Calvin Ridley's brother, but I kinda like looked at him after we picked him and he just had a bad combine and his stats in college weren't that impressive. Um in I Georgia. don't I don't think the combine actually plays for the players. I don't think I don't think people are running forty yard dashes in games. That's a fair point, but also like his production in college was just pretty bad. Like I don't think he cracked seven hundred yards in a single season. But I do like the undrafted free agent signing of Emmanuel Hall at the wide receiver position because he's a he's a great deep threat. He could add an extra level to that offense next year, and I think the offense will have to take a step forward next year. Because I think the defensive production for the Bears is a bit unsustainable, and it's going to uh, come back down to earth a little bit. And But if the offense does take the next step forward, if Trubisky uh, keeps improving his game and you know continues to gel with these wide receivers, then I think that the Bears can uh, make another d- playoff run, and maybe hopefully deeper next time, despite the tougher pl- schedule this year. Okay, so that's kind of what's going on with the draft right now. Is there anything else you guys would like to mention draft-wise? I'd like to mention, I think the Giants had a pretty solid draft. Daniel Jones is a great pick at uh, number six. He's tall, he's smart, and he looks pretty good in shorts. I mean, the arm's not quite there, but I think he can get it up to rocket-level status in a couple years. Mm -hmm. Um, My only problem is... They drafted Dexter Lawrence, who's like Jay DeCoster and has zero integrity. As we know, he was suspended for the college football playoff this year. Um, but it's just 
I, I'm not entirely sure about that pick just because he lacks integrity, just like Jada Coster. Yeah, but Daniel Jones had the same uh, coach as Peyton Manning. Even Cutcliffe, yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And we had a, he had a great quote uh, during the draft uh, that Daniel Jones has real swag by having no swag. Yep. And that really spoke to me. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's definitely a hot take right now. So that's one of the biggest conversations of this draft. So we're going to have to see what Daniel Jones does. Yeah, but yeah. My last thing is the Los Angeles Chargers also had a great draft. Jerry Tillery, Drew Twank- Tranquil, and then they signed Tyler Newsome, one of the best punting prospects anyone has ever seen. Mm. I, think, I think that's a great draft. Okay. Uh, Carson, anything else to mention? Yeah, uh, I also think that Nasir Adderley pick, the safety out of Delaware, is a good pick. He can play well alongside Derwin James, who I thought was a good pick last year, too, and he really proved it last year. Him and Derwin Leonard were the best defensive rookies last year. But, All right. Yeah. Anybody else, or are we going to move forward here? Where um, do you guys want to move? Let's move to the uh, – let's do NBA playoffs first. Okay, Yeah. NBA playoffs. What are you guys thinking right now? I Definitely. think – Jimmy G Buckets has come to play. Mm. He, we, we know he had an off game. I think it was in game two. Um, but he has been balling. I'm looking at his stats right here. He had um, 30, 11, and 5 in the last game. I mean, that's 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 the Jimmy G Buckets us Chicagoans have come to know. Yeah, I think the Sixers, they could get past the Raptors. Uh, Jimmy G. Buckets, he's a great player, one of my favorites when he was on the Bulls. And as you know, the Warriors and Rockets are playing right now. I think the Warriors got this in the bag. Yeah, just because, I mean, James Harden, he was he blazed during that game? Why were his eyes he was bloodshot? Marijuana. I think I think he was doing drugs during the game. Yeah. That needs to be addressed by I'm Adam calling Silver. for Adam Silver to suspend him. I, I that, that, and he disguise it as an eye injury i'm not buying it he was that i think he was smoking drugs you know i got a hot take i think he's been smoking marijuana this whole playoff because he has been shooting very poorly you know yeah. a lot of people were ragging on russell westbrook for his poor shooting percentage but harden's been shooting just as bad and i think because in the playoffs uh they don't have as many tough foul calls so we can't just like flop for all those free throws and get all those points like he does in the regular season so he's a he's a fraud yeah he's not gritty doesn't have the grit it yeah. takes to be like a Jimmy Buckets, but... Yeah, yeah. I, th- I don't think he deserves the MVP. It's got to go to someone like Giannis or Otto Porter. And then, can we talk about how a LeBron team was not in the playoffs? And you know why he was not in the playoffs? Two words, Mo Wagner. Single-handedly <laughs> held the Lakers back from the playoffs. Yeah, I got to agree with you there. And also, I think his uh, wine addiction has gotten the best of him. Sheesh. Yeah, you know... He's always drinking wine in his story. He's not taking a good example for the children of America. Hey, hey give him a break. He needs to manage his load. I mean, that's because oh, it's yeah. not like his job is to be a basketball player. So, I mean, he's got to manage all his other jobs. Yeah, his job to, like, trade all the young talent for Anthony Davis. He is he is a pretty um, pretty much a team favorite right now, though. So, I don't know, I don't know where the Lakers are going to have to move with that because, yeah, I mean, there's <laughs> probably some conflict there. If you guys are saying Mo Wagner's the bane of the Lakers' existence right now. But, yeah, for sure. Okay, so anybody else in the NBA you want to talk about right now? We've got uh, the Rockets and the Lakers playoff already. Playoff Chris, Chris Middleton, seven threes last night. I think just just end the playoffs, give the title to the Bucks. I'm saying it right now. Okay. Yeah, Bucks Recording this on a Wednesday, FYI. 
Pat Connaughton was going off. Like he's he's one of the best players in the NBA. It's it's hands down it's simple. Just if you watch him play, you'll see crazy athletic and just makes a formidable backcourt with the blood show. All right. Carson, anything else? NBA playoffs? Uh Can't wait to see the Bulls in it next year. Okay. Yeah. How do you think how do you think they're they're, they're building things back Ryan right now? Ryan Archie Diacono. I think they're building around him and I think I think they'll make it. Okay. I think it'll be pretty easy for him just to coast through the Eastern Conference next year. Mm. Yeah, I, th- I really hope they uh, win the lottery so they can, they can uh, draft that Duke player that everyone's talking about, uh, Cameron Reddish. No, no, or Jack I, I, White. Jack White. Jack oh, White. Jack White, oh, yeah. Okay. Jack White, he can add a whole level of versatility and three-point shooting to the team. Wait, wait, wait. Did Brad Davison enter the draft? Uh, no, he, I think he's staying at college. Okay, then next year, in two years, we could possibly have him and Ryan Archie Diacono. Think about how many charges the Bulls would take. With Jim Boyle and the best coach in the NBA, <laughs> I don't see anything holding us back. I I think right. I, I'm talking like I'm talking like 82 and 0. I could see that happening, yeah. Maybe maybe they even signed Jason Giambi, like <laughs> Yeah. Just saying. Just throwing it, it out could there. Could be a crazy Bulls team next year. Yeah, that's for sure. Um Eastern Conference is kind of slowly building up though so they're gonna have to work their way around some teams coming in the future though i don't think it'll be a problem for the jim boyle and bulls okay yeah i don't care if the celtics sign anthony davis we'll still <laughs> wipe the floor with them okay so nba playoffs anything else we should mention here I, are we I, I, all I good think, uh, yeah they're, we're all good with that yeah okay um probably moving to mlb i'm thinking yep. moving to um, mlb okay so first yeah, kind of season's the getting first started thing here. is uh, that we're going to talk about is when is Kyler Murray going to be called up to the Oakland Athletics? Yeah, I think they're uh, biding their time with them, just waiting for him to develop more as a hitter, work yeah. on his vision he, at the I plate. Mean, he's already a great base runner, but uh, I think he could work on his arm and makes him a great outfield prospect. Yeah, I could see him winning the Rookie of the Year next year. I, I don't think he'll be up next year, maybe two years. Yeah. Um, yeah, we're going to see how that how you know that works out between the two parties with, you know, the uh, Arizona Cardinals and uh, wait, wait 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 what with the Arizona Cardinals? He got drafted first overall. <laughs> sure about that? I thought you went like tenth overall. I thought by the Oakland Athletics. Yeah, yeah. I think it was ninth. <laughs> I mean, I'm talking football right now. He he's a baseball player. I think you're talking about Trevor Knight, the Oklahoma QB. No, he's a like Dwayne Haskins. I'm confused. He's a he's a multi-sport athlete. I know that in like 2019 we don't really know what that is right now, but like yeah, he's a he's a potential MLB uh, and NFL player. Why would you well, ever play your, football when you could play sources? America's pastime? Who, who are your sources? My sources, um, Kyler Murray. I'm not buying it. Yeah. <laughs> he's yeah. too short to play in the NFL. Let me check the Onion. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm not seeing it. I'll, I'll have to do some more research. But the Onion's yeah. your primary source. Yep. Yeah, okay. Yeah, ninth. That's a reliable one. Right Chicago here, Athletics selected Murray with the ninth overall selection in the 2018 MLB draft. Okay, so. but moving on to real baseball, the Iowa Cubs, 15 runs We're gonna in the talk first about this. inning. This is a big one. This is maybe the greatest performance of all time. I, I'm not. I, I mean, I'm not one to overreact, but 15 runs in the first inning. I think was it 11 with two outs. Let me yeah, look this up. I'm I, I gonna roll through the entire thing because this is absolutely insane. I saw this the other day, and I was like, I, I didn't believe it happened. I had to click on it because it's wow. Okay, this is how the ending looks like. You get strikeout, walk, hit by pitch, walk, grand slam, fly out, double, walk, single, 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 double, walk, walk, double, 
walk, grand slam, ground out. They went through the batting order three times, two times, uh, multiple times. Yeah. Crazy inning. And they only, you know, they only hit eight runs worth of grand slams. And, you know, otherwise they got all the way up to 15. And a lot of those were two outs. Just absolutely crazy first inning for sure. Yeah. Yeah, I mean. We got to talk about the Chicago White Sox, too, tying an MLB record for 20 strikeouts in a nine-inning game. Yeah. Mm. Pretty impressive, huh? <laughs> mm. Which one's the bigger bigger accomplishment? I mean, I got to go with the Iowa, Cub- run first Iowa Cubs for sure. Iowa Even I can Cubs admit that. because you have to score runs to win. I mean, if you could strike people out, but when you're the White Sox and you have washed-up Eloy Jimenez that you're just going – well, who's injured because he's a wimp and has no grit, mm. you just have, you're just going nowhere with the White Sox. Tim Anderson – he is a legit MO MVP candidate. He hits stingers. He pimps those stingers with his sick bat flips. You want to no talk about you want to talk about bat flips? Yeah, bat flips. Victor is a Caratini big after his grand slam. <laughs> that is the best bat flip I've seen to this date. Changed my mind. Okay, let's talk about the Gallop. best team in Chicago though. Opening Ooh. day, May seventeenth. The Big Z, Butch Hobson. Gary South Shore Railcats. <laughs> I don't know about you, but this just screams America in baseball, and I'm excited. Season start rate. It's this. It's, it's May seventeenth. Is opening 17th. day. The world's largest gathering of wieners. Yes. <laughs> Besides any Michigan gotta football be, game. Gotta no, be no, no. It, yeah, it is. They they're handing out uh, free hot dog costumes to all everyone. Wow. That's that's. I, I will be in attendance myself. That's that's exciting. We're gonna we're gonna have to get some like Jungle, coverage of Jungle that. Jungle field. Yeah. yeah I, I'll, I'll get all. Um, I'll get an interview with the big Z. Oh, okay, okay, yeah, that's definitely the most exciting story. Little, little did we know that first of all, he's even going to make a comeback, and then to come to the um, team in Chicago that we're all talking about, of course, that's pretty, pretty big. So we'll see how that season works out, May seventeenth. But yeah, um, we can move on to the uh, yeah. Cubs now. Yeah, starting to pick it up. I think they're fifteen and twelve now win against the actually surprisingly solid Seattle Mariners. Starting to pull things I, I don't know how they're starting to win just with Victor Caratini out, but <laughs> he's off to a hot start. And then Jason Hayward, MVP, is that mm. I think that's reasonable at this point. Having his best season to date. Let me pull up his stats. What do you think is the biggest factor to kind of the turnaround that led them to start to pull wins together lately as opposed to the rough start? I think Caratini's just a great locker room or dugout presence and clubhouse mm-hmm. presence. Got and it. I think he just motivates the players and gets it going up because, I mean, we don't – our manager's useless, Joe Madden. All he does is drink wine and sit on Benny's Beverage Depot commercials. Now he's opening up a restaurant even though he's going to be fired yeah. in six and months. And you have your opinions about the front office too. Yes, so. don't – oh, man. Theo Epstein needs to – Go. <laughs> I'm sorry. Like, I, yeah. How's you, Darvish, treating you with that 20 million year contract? Well, what is he played like six games? I think he went six innings, which was no. I, I don't even think he's gone six innings yet. I think he. Let me see if you. Honestly, I, the fact that he's even gone six innings is kind of. I'm remarkable. not sure he has. I know he went like five and a third. That may have been two starts ago. Mm. Um. Let me see. Yeah, I feel like I feel like it's, it's gonna it's gonna get to a point where they're gonna have to admit that you, Darvish, was a failed. I mean, Theo can at least be happy that Tyler Chatwood is able to go on the mound and get an out. He's been able to do that lately. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's it's unbelievable. Theo's got some explaining to do. Or yeah, for sure. I think I think he knows that. Based on what he's said lately, he's definitely <laughs> stepping up to the criticism and saying he's going to make some changes. So I mean, we're going to have to see what happens with him, for sure. Like Brandon Morrow. Oh, wow, we watch him pitch seven times in a World Series. Oh, let's sign him. He's, what, 34? Nothing can go wrong there. Oh, yeah, he's injured all the time. Thanks, Theo. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah. Um, anything else with the Cubs right now? Um, I think I think the Cincinnati Reds are the best team in the NL Central. Ooh, okay. They've been, they've been starting to turn it up lately. I know Jesse Winker hit a game-winning home run the other night. Um, Yasiel Puig, Wild Horse, is starting to turn it up. Luis Castillo, best pitcher in MLB. I think he, he had a 1.23 ERA going into last night. I think he went mm-hmm. six and two-thirds, giving up two runs. But La Piedra has been dealing. Like It's, it's impressive to watch. Um, yeah, the one thing about the Reds, I don't know if you guys saw this recently. There was, like, some crazy Joey Votto stat. Oh, he popped out for the first time. Yeah, he, like, like 6,000 at-bats or something. That's crazy. <laughs> so, I mean, you know, the Reds are currently 12-17. They're, and and they're, they're, they're and turning it around, fourth. though. They're going to start turning it around? Okay, yeah, yeah. No, they have been lately. Okay. They got off to a slow start, but um, it's – and then Nick Sensil, their uh, top prospect, might be coming up this year. This week, actually. Um, but they're – they're a team to watch. Yeah, I mean it's it's been a long time since we've seen the Reds kind of make their presence in the NL Central lately. Considering, you know, there's lots of potential playoff contenders over the last couple of years, and the Reds haven't seemed to be one of them. So well, turnaround coming. Yeah, ever since they fired Dusty Baker, it's just been impossible to even think about <laughs> the playoffs because they fired the best manager in baseball. But <laughs> second best, Butch Hobson. Yeah. He he needs uh, <laughs> to clean himself up. He's with the Red Sox. We we don't need to go into that. But now he's the best manager in, in the independent baseball, which is real baseball. Um, but we'll he'll clean it up. Okay. Um, and for the yeah. White Sox, uh, I just received word that the White Sox promoted Lewis Roberts from uh, to Double A, and he's he was batting uh, four fifty three with eight home wait, runs wait, wait, wait. in nineteen let, let games. Me, let me ask you with the Class A Winston Salem team. Let, let me ask you a question: Does anybody care? I think at least, like, there are a few White Sox fans in this school, I'm pretty that sure. That cares about the winston Seal. If you want to talk about minor league, this talk is the about future the South of the Chicago Cubs. White Sox. The South Bend Cubs. <laughs> all, all that needs to be said. They're the, the greatest, White Sox are the team on the, the rise. Best organization. Just wait till Michael Kopak is back. Wait till Carlos Ambrano is promoted from the Dogs to make the never before seen jump from the Chicago Dogs to the Chicago Cubs. What's he going to do? Hit another Gatorade? That's great. It's great. He's passionate. He He's cares. passionate. Uh, he cares He'll be great about forces with Victor game. Caratini. Yes. That, that would be <laughs> the combination it, of Carlos Sambrano and Victor Caratini. It would be the second comeback of John Lester and Grandpa Rossi. Victor Caratini and Carlos Sambrano. <laughs> I can, I I can see that to see. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. I mean, we are kind of 45 minutes north of the city, so I don't know how many White Sox fans we got. No, no. I'm not, I'm not saying it's about the White Sox fans. I'm just saying. He, he sounds like a mediocre player for a mediocre double-A team. The Tennessee Smokies would destroy the Winston-Salem, whatever they are. Mm. I got to disagree there, but whatever. I mean, now that Robert's in Birmingham, then I think that Tennessee Smokers could have a chance then. Smokies. I mean, Smokers would be a great name, but... <laughs> yeah. Uh, but, would James Harden be on that team? Is that No, well, I mean that, but I'm talking about, like, Smokers like smoke meat in, Ooh, but yeah. uh, yeah. And then can we talk about can Christian Yelich be drug tested? Him, same with Cody Bellinger. It's obvious they're on something. I think <laughs> I think on pardon my take the other night, uh, Big Cat actually slipped in steroids into his drink. It, it's obvious that he's on. It's obvious that he's on steroids. I don't. Uh, Rob Manfred needs to address that. And then um, mm. Eric Thames, best player on that team. He, it's pretty obvious. He's just. He hit that walk-off dinger like two years ago, and ever since then, his imposing frame has just scared everything out of every other MLB player except Victor Caratini. 
Okay. Um, any other MLB stuff? Well, we're gonna or baseball stuff in general, I guess. We covered Chicago Dogs and the like, so. Uh, not that I can think of, no. Okay, so is there any other sports places you want to move? There's a lot of other stuff going on right now. There's um, Stanley Cup playoffs. There's. Uh, oh yeah, because I've been watching so much hockey. <laughs> Big hockey guy over here. Uh, I'm gonna look up how. Well, what's going. what's going on with the uh, one seeds being or the one seed being swept? What what was that? Yeah, all I kind of heard was that the Playoff Lightning excitement. were good and then they yeah. choked. Yeah, they were kind of tied. For how are the Blackhawks doing? They. <laughs> Yeah, they're 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 out of the Uh-oh, playoffs, but they do they did they here. did somehow snag the third pick in the lottery. So there's that. Um, oh oh oh, they could take um they could they could take maybe R J Barrett. Yeah, and not put him on skates. Does Kyler Murray play hockey too? Is he a tri sport athlete? <laughs> yeah, I, I kind of wish. I wish there were some tri sport athletes. I feel like he'd be That's good not at really hockey, a thing though. anymore. Uh, yeah, he doesn't he doesn't have the uh, lateral quickness needed. Mm. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. No. That's. I mean. Yeah. Lots of. Lots of crazy stuff happening out of those playoffs with with lots of the, you know, better teams or more known teams getting knocked out early. So we're gonna have to see how that goes. A bunch of other stuff going on. I mean, I don't know. I don't know what you guys are thinking of talking about now, or if we're all good. Um, I mean, we got. I mean, we could even we could even go to horse racing. There's Kentucky Derby this weekend. Um, yeah, I'll, I will. Yeah, I need to make sure to place. My yeah, I gotta I gotta talk bets. to my bookie. Oh wait wait wait, gambling's not not. Um, they, they, yeah, it's it's frowned a, upon, but it's not a really a school sanctioned thing. Uh, I think cornhole is a sport on the rise. Yeah, I'm a I'm a big cornhole guy. Shout out Lake Forest Intramural Cornhole coming next spring. Ooh, yeah, watch yeah, out for I that. About that. Yeah, everyone sign up for it. Yep. Yeah, you guys are kind of lead ambassadors if, in that if whole If you project. are interested, email me at two zero three zero zero one six at lfschools.net. Again, two zero three zero zero one six at lfschools.net. Yep, this is gonna be the next big thing. Okay. This is gonna be bigger than varsity football. Do you guys think you could actually make it on like ESPN the Ocho with some cornhole <laughs> no, no, coverage? No, no, wait, wait a second, wait a second. Uh, right here, pro cornhole players find a home on ESPN in a new sports league. I'm not sure if this is Dirty Bags cornhole or what. I mean, if they like show esports on ESPN, I don't know why they shouldn't be able to show uh, intramural high school cornhole. Yeah, yep. it sounds like sounds like it's competitive and should be some good coverage. Can, um, we, can we talk about golf? Actually, I mean, oh I, sure, I, this absolutely. Is obviously, far removed from Tiger winning, but I just want to put it out there. It's one of the biggest Steve, stories of the year. Steve Go ahead. Stricker is better than Tiger Woods. Okay. Stricker is the epitome of consistent, and mm. Tiger. Oh, he fades away for nine years. That or let me think, two thousand eight, eleven years. Eleven. Let yeah. me think. Stricker's been steady, even keel, all throughout his career. It's just, if you can't, I don't think Tiger is the GOAT. I think Steve Stricker, possibly Matt Kuchar. Matt okay. Kuchar might be better than Tiger. Kuchar is a fan, fan favorite for VJ sure. Vijay Singh, I mean, he had that run-in with PEDs, but uh, Vijay Singh's also up there. I, mm-hmm. I just don't, I think Tiger is the most overrated athlete in the history of sports. Okay. Um, yeah, we're going to have to see what happens to the PGA coming right around the corner yeah, it's, the it's next major this year it's i know a lot weird <laughs> a lot a lot sooner than expected. i mean i think i don't know about you guys but i think golf got super lucky here with i mean you know regardless of how good you think tiger is you know he brings in the I mean, crowds yeah, it's a cool storyline but yeah i, I mean rather so seen Kuchar win. considering like, that i mean it's first major considering that i mean it's kind of lucky that, that they have the pga all the way moved up to may because now it's like you're, we get right yeah. back into a major so yeah we're gonna see what what happens there with Steve Stricker too, for sure. Yes. Yep. Um, 
Okay. Um, anything else you guys want to talk about here? Kind of went all over the board. Got lots of hot takes in. Um, let me check. I think, yeah, let me think of any other takes. I mean, we're only a month away from the French Open. Talk a little tennis. Okay. Yeah, any tennis takes? Yeah, who do you think's going to win that, Joey? Um, I mean, you know, haven't really geared in on tennis right now. Generally, the only thing that goes on this early is the Aussie, and I barely watch the Aussie unless you, like, get no at, sleep. At 2 a.m., yeah. Yeah. <laughs> See, us, us tennis film grinders like myself, we get up and we watch that little ESPN2 action at 4 a.m. Oh, yeah. Um, but I think, I'm, t- I'm telling you, Key Nishikori. Okay. Watch out for him. I think he will finally win a major, or a Grand Slam. Still in golf, but uh, I think... <laughs> Federer is starting to fade. Like, he had that one run. He won, uh, what was it, Wimbledon? That was uh, nice. When was that? Was that last year? Yeah, I, th- I think so. Wait, right now. Um, it, was, it, was an, it was a nice one for he, sure. But he and Nadal are starting, to, they're starting to show signs of age for real now. Yeah. Definitely, definitely more excited about the end of the Nadal era than the Federer era for yeah, sure. Yeah, I mean, everyone loves Roger, but it, they're, they're really starting to. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, I think one it. tennis player could be on the rise in like a decade or so is Jada Coster. J- if he, if he keeps it up with the JV yes. tennis and stops stealing <laughs> takes. Yes. So J- you guys see more talent in his tennis. Yeah, I mean, yeah. with his athleticism, it, he gets all over the court. But uh, definitely on the rise. Okay, let's see it here. So do you win a Wimbledon? 2017. That was, that was the year where that happened. Okay. Yeah, that's, there's the answer to the Roger Federer question. But yeah, okay. So, JD Coster is your collective guy to look forward to as far as tennis. If goes. he stops stealing takes and has garbage takes, I I demand that he gives a personal apology to Stephen A. Smith. Because he, okay. he, I want him to come on air and apologize to Stephen A. Smith. We're gonna send it in the first take, and he will. Because I, it's us big J journalists. We have integrity and respect <laughs> for our business, but Jay just doesn't. He just lacks it. <laughs> Yeah, we're gonna yeah. have to. We're gonna see. That's why what his uh, would say. That's why his podcast, Bear Down Weekly, isn't as successful as this one. What's the Bear Down Weekly podcast? Uh, apparently, it's a thing where they just talk about like the their favorite bears or something. Wow, that sounds like biased journalism. Yeah. Disgusting. Yeah, definitely some local coverage out of that. But um, okay, anything? Any other sports takes uh, you guys got? Lawrence Chirono winning the Boston Marathon with a two oh seven fifty seven. Let's talk about running. Big yeah. Shout out. Yes. Well, I mean, you guys are kind of runners, so we I guess are, there's we that. We are, yes, devoted athletes. <laughs> yeah. I, Clearly. I mean, watch out, Ethan Lane. Conference coming up, county tomorrow. Yeah, I, I've been working really hard. I think Ethan could be going pro soon. Okay. Yeah. Definitely a great runner to look out for, for yes. sure. Explosive. <laughs> yeah. I think we should wrap this up with our – just, like, go back to the NBA. Yeah. Let's talk about who we think is going to win each major award. Okay. Yes. Yeah, um, let's run through coach it. Coach of the year, Jim Boylan. Okay. Yeah, um, in a landslide. Say comeback player of the year. Um, I'm not sure if this works as a second year play. Well, I guess he's kind of third year because he was in the, the uh, G League. But Ryan Archidiakono. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> I think. I think I think Zion Williamson could win player of the year. Yeah. Like I think reasonable. we should give it to him this early. Yeah, because he's so so good. Even though. Yeah. Yeah. Bonzi, okay. Bonzi Colson, Rookie of the Year. Okay. Um, let's see. Uh, sixth Man of the Year, who you guys got? 
Brian Archie Diakono. Like, well, he started at the end of the year, so I'm not sure how that would <laughs> yeah. work. Yeah, I, I think um, win multiple awards like that. Wow. So yeah, he's he's just an all around stud. Um, I actually sixth man of the year, even though he's not on a team right now, probably Cameron Payne. Okay. Yeah. Um, I mean, sh- you do heart Cameron Payne. We also have a video of you sinking. <laughs> I do. And your boat on the I, physics race. I was race. putting on a show for the fans. It's I was giving the people what they want. Like our reenactment of the Titanic. We got (laughs) a German U-boat shot us and we hit a glacier. Wow. That's that's impressive. True. It's a true fact. Um, MVP auto porter, as I previously said. Yep. Yep. Got got the Bulls winning. Any any shouts for defensive player of the year? I think that's the last one we Oh, that's the most important one. Yeah, defense was championships. I think I gotta go. Jim Boylan. Well, Jim Boylan. Oh, he took a charge against the Denver Nuggets. If you haven't seen it, check it out. Grittiest coach ever. (laughs) Ever. Executive of the year is a tough between uh, I think you got Gar Foreman and John Jackson because they hired Jim Boylan. I, yeah. I, everyone, everyone, I don't understand the Gar Pax hate. Everyone hates on them. They clearly see something. They know they how really to identify coaches. They really haven't been that bad. No, they haven't. I Cameron Barristow was a good draft pick. Who thinks that's bad? I mean, yeah, who cares about second round picks? But also, like, Tra- I mean, the Taj Gibson trade. That's, that's like, fantastic. That was bit, uh, I don't know what they're. The, I mean, we got campaign. Cutting campaign. That was a great trade. Doug McDermott is washed up. Taj Gibson's contract was expiring. <laughs> Campaign was our point guard of the future, but they just gave up on him. I, I blame I Ryan mean, everyone gave that. him so much crap for that uh, Jimmy Butler trade, but it, we ended up with Zach Levine, and... Well, Zach Levine and Butler didn't really defense, work out but, for the Timberwolves. But uh, the finisher, Laurie, Ma- Laurie Markinen, I oh, think yeah. he's, a, he's a solid pick. Yeah, I okay. like that pick. And Wendell Carter, I think he's going to be good. Phenomenal defensive player. Yeah. He's going to win Defensive Player of the Year next year. You heard it here first. Um, okay. Anybody, any other NBA award-related stuff, or should um, we wrap it MVP, up? MVP, it's tough between Giannis and Pat Connaughton. I think I got to go Giannis, but Pat, if I mean, I know technically the playoffs aren't taken in consideration for the MVP, but everyone knows they are. If Pat mm-hmm. can really go off, I think I think he could make a case. Okay. Um, I think we should probably wrap it up, but yeah. it was that was a fun segment, just kind of seeing where the hot takes uh, they, took they're, us. They're so not we, hot; they're true. Yeah. Well, you yeah. know, we'll we'll see what happens for sure. But um, yeah, it was fun sitting in with you guys and just you know doing a nice kind of free flowing segment. Yeah. So uh, thank, thank you for having us. Yeah. Thanks we're for all, being on. Yeah. We're coming back on. If you're not on, we were taking your spot. Ooh. Um, and then yeah, just happy holidays. Go dogs. Let's get a cracker, let's start the session. Mars lit the competition, balls by that action. You can never debate it, this is actual flat. Steve and with the flavor, baby, let's get through a trap. I'm like, say what, say what, what's up with all my haters? I'm a ball when I perform, so my jerseys in the air. I'm allergic to my haters, every morning I put a player. Let of clothes I can wear, just like them Oregon players. Yeah, quack, quack, what it do? Rap like it's nothing to it. Matter of fact, you can ask hard and I'm cooking too. Face dog cooking too. Mm. Great mind, they embrace mine like a crooked tooth. Four takes, that's you. Three takes, not me. Two takes, if you lucky. First take, stop me. Four takes, that's you. Three takes, not me. Two takes, if you lucky. First take, they got me. Okay, hope you guys enjoyed that segment. It was pretty um, fun to record. Obviously, they've been waiting to do it for a long time. We've been waiting to do it for a long time. So it's just fun to get them in the studio just to let them kind of do their thing i guess so yeah no um it was it was a good segment but we're gonna move on typically this is where your scouting is but obviously you just kind of got a giant version of your scouting so we're not going to do that this week um but 
you can always still call in. Make sure you make sure you do. 224-544-9330. That's our number. Leave a message in the voicemail box. We'll answer the question on the show. Um, it's always fun, you know, if it comes from those longtime caller, first-time listeners or not. So, um, yeah, make sure you do that. But we're just going to move straight into um, They Don't Scout Like This. And... Um, we're gonna. This is kind of one of the big topics we're gonna talk about, and it's been one that we've been talked that has been talked about for such a long time, and it's the conversation of robo umps and if they should be introduced to the MLB. Basically, should we have computerized like strike zones, and should you know we not have human umps like we do now um, in baseball, and if you know strikes should just be called kind of like tennis, how they have the, that technology, if that sh- should be used. So Michael, you know, basically the issue is presented as you know. 34,294 uh, missed ball strike calls in 2018. Yeah. And that's kind of what people are looking at. And this is bringing the conversation should robo ump center the game. So what's your kind of opinion on this right now? Yeah, so the study done by uh, Boston University, um, it's f- yes, like you said, 34,000, over 34,000 incorrect calls, uh, incorrect balls and strike calls in 2018. So, I mean, that works out to be 14 blown calls per game and it's 1.6 per inning. So I mean I th- I just think that the numbers can be kind of overblown I think that in the grand total of things that I mean there's going to be human error in in the game of baseball. But I mean I just think that just taking away the human aspect of the game, I don't think it does anyone any good. I mean if, I just think that kind of the things that are that really aren't even shown like um, in these statistics, such as, I mean, I guess entertainment of, I guess, an umpire getting into it with a, a batter. I mean, that's that's fun, too, for it's a part fan. of the game, entertainment. When part, baseball yeah. needs entertainment, you know, so yeah, that's, that's I mean, part of it. I, I just think, I just can see how boring the game uh, could turn really, really fast in the middle of the regular season if, on a hot summer day, if instead of having like a, like a Dusty Baker, you know, back in the day, just going out on the field and giving it to an umpire. Right. Um, like, on the, on the old, they just look it up for the Cubs. I mean, he's had plenty of those hot summer days at Wrigley where he would just get out of the dugout and just give it to the umpire. But, I mean, that I mean that's fun, I think, for a fan being at the game or watching from home. That's just an added entertainment that, that you're not going to get if you take out the, the human umpire aspect of it. But I just think that, I mean, if you get a couple, if you get one call wrong a game I mean, or an inning, I just think that's not a big deal at all. I mean, if, if there's a lot of borderline pitches too, like that, it could probably go either way in the study. I don't know how it, how they decided, like the borderline pitches in the strike zone. If like, however many that that accounted for in in the incorrect balls and strikes, but I just think there's a lot of calls that could go other either way, and I just think that taking that away, it takes away a part of the baseball too. But I'm just I'm a little concerned, especially if I mean some players too have have made their stance that they're pro, I mean, uh, robotic umpires too. But I just think that once they move to that, I just think that I don't think that the players will be fans of it either. Yeah, I mean, you know, you guys know I have a organization over player bias, right? This is the one situation, and this it's kind of a general baseball thing, I guess. I stand with baseball players a little bit more than I stand with players in m- most pro sports. But um, I, I, I think that while it would help with you know obviously getting rid of all these botched calls that we're seeing it's kind of a stat that's blown out of proportion considering how many pitches are thrown a season like that's a crazy amount and that probably i don't know the exact number but i i assume if you put that ratio underneath this this number of incorrect balls and strike calls we're looking at like it's probably makes the percentage pretty small 
especially considering that it's human error. Also, you know, as you said, it's fun. It's part of the game. It's that's the other thing though. It's part of the game. I I stand with players in that I I believe specifically with baseball that there's a specific there's a very very specific way that baseball is set up where the rules uh play out in kind of this, you know, it's always kind of been that way and the way that it plays out um, you know, makes the game kind of I I want to say perfection and there's there's just kind of that flawless nature to baseball with the current rules where it should just be left untouched. I mean, the, you know, the there's something just you know, there's something just fitting and there's something just natural about, you know, an umpire calling a strike after a pitch. You know, that's it's just it just seems to be like part of the ritual of what baseball is. Yeah. So to remove that would totally be changing the game and I don't think it'd be in a positive direction. Yeah. Um, I think you're trying to make it too perfect. I mean, you're just trying to. Right. I think you're just trying to mess with the game too much. I think culture-wise, like tennis does this, and it works because they they were able to work it into the system, and it worked out. Um, and you know, unfortunately, and they did it in a way in which it was limited, and where you could still get the fun stories about tennis players freaking out over bad calls, but you, you still mean, you yeah. still got improvement. Here, yeah. I feel like if you put in computerized strike zones, that's every pitch. You're yeah, removing an entire. You're removing an entire talking point of a of a game, which is somebody freaking out over a bad call. So you know, lots of stories yeah. that are pretty close to baseball wouldn't happen it with without you know human error and just you know, yeah, the natural kind of beauty of human error, I guess. You know, it's it's frustrating, but that's that's what it is. It's part of the game. So and yeah. tennis too. I mean, like it's kind of baseball already put in. I guess instant replay with tennis. There's not going to be. It's not every single call that they're going to make is going to be. There's there's an there's specific a robotic, but yeah. it's just it's kind of just instant replay basically for tennis to see if the ball's in or not. I mean that's kind of baseball to be computerized. already. I mean that's yeah. really the one difference. I mean baseball already has adapted that too, and instant replay has been great. But I think that's as far as the technology should go in baseball. Totally agree. And I think even even seeing that, I mean it's I mean it can get long and boring with just instant replay. I think it still needs to stay. It, it's been a great addition to the game, but I mean that can get boring too. But I just think having just a robotic umpire. Just not having a guy behind home plate will be really hard to get used to. I think as a, I mean, as a fan to watch the game of baseball, for I mean, it doesn't matter how what age you are, just to see something like that happen, that'll be a really odd day in baseball to see something like that change. For sure. Okay, so that was they don't scout like this, and we're gonna move into our last segment as always, which is just wait till next week. So for me, for just wait till next week, it's pretty simple. Looking forward to more hockey, seeing how the second round plays out. And uh, we did not mention it. Hope I'm, you know, hopefully things are exciting enough where they get kind of a headline uh, run on the show. But the Kentucky Derby is this Saturday. You know, May May is here, so we know what's coming. Um, you know, on Saturday, first leg of the Triple Crown. Uh, game winner is going to be my early pick right now for Saturday. Um, he's also trained by Bob Baffert. If you don't know who Bob Baffert is, he trained. Um, the last Derby winner, I'm pretty sure, and he also yeah. trained American Pharaoh, who was the who was the horse who won the Triple Crown just a couple years back to break that long drought of horses who were never able to win all three of those races. So um, we're gonna have to see what happens. I generally don't pick a winner of the Kentucky Derby until the day of, so this is kind of new for me. But uh, game winner is gonna be my early pick um, as far as that goes. Michael, what are you looking forward to for next week? I'm hoping that the Thunder or that not the Thunder, the Rockets can come back and. Make things exciting. Make yeah. a, a series again. I just hope that James Harden's all right and he can 
I mean, the whole team can get over what, what's happening. Let's put what happened in, against Golden State the first two games on the road behind them. Put put whatever happened in the Bay, just, just throw, put it in the back burner. Don't even worry about it. Just It's a fresh start in Houston. Positive. They can just win one game, I, I think. Just make it 2-1. And these next, I think that that changes the whole series again. That they get some confidence back, and who knows what could happen? Just winning one game, making a two-one series. You never know in the NBA, and I think that's a series to look forward to. But also, the one I'm most looking forward to is, besides, of course, I'm kind of biased now towards the Trailblazers after I've been talking them up the last couple of weeks. I think that's another great series, like all of them are. But the one I'm lo- most looking forward to is the Bucks and the Celtics, just being the Eastern Conference series. I mean, the two best teams, I th- I think, in the Eastern Conference. I'm just looking forward to the Bucks, and hopefully they can make – I'm a little biased to them, I guess, being being there, the closest team we got um, with the Bulls being so bad. But I just hope being a smaller market team like they are, I mean, that will be exciting for them to make a an Eastern Conference Finals and, heck, even the NBA Finals. I think that will be a great thing for the, for the team and for the city of Milwaukee. Yeah, for sure. Okay, so that's all we got today. So congratulations for sticking through, listening to this whole thing. We appreciate it, um, especially sticking through that guest segment because it was a crazy segment. Yeah, i got to watch that later. <laughs> you, I mean, just kind of be entertained by it and laugh at it, of course. That's what you have to do when you when you listen to them. Um, and that's why we had them on. So <laughs> they, they, they went all over the place, and I guess that's, that's just kind of the nature of it that makes it fun. Subscribe to listen on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Breaker, Pocket Casts, and Radio Public. Give us a positive resu- uh, review. Subscribe to watch on YouTube. We need more subscribers. We're, I don't think we're picking up subscribers, and we, we need more for sure. we got to reach that goal by the end of the year. Read the first was it 94 million, 95 million? It's probably 95 by this point. Let's check. We're uh, losing ground. 96. Oh. We're falling back, guys. That's all right. It's fine. <laughs> we'll, we'll still get there. I, I have confidence that. That we'll get there eventually. We still got we still got a month. We still got a month. Yeah, we're, it's we're fine. Good. The, hopefully Carson and Peters won't drive too many subscribers <laughs> away. Hopefully we don't lose the six subscribers. Or we, we could gain. Have. We could gain them. We we could gain off of them. Hopefully we'll see. Of course, read the Four Scout. A lot of good articles, um, other than the ones we already mentioned. Shaw put up a bear down weekly since we last put up an episode. Stephen Young has an NBA playoffs kind of continues coverage um, thing, and then Shaw also has. A, a North Suburban Confl- uh, Conference alumni yeah, article that. That, was that was pretty good. That was pretty good. Um, it was fun to edit that one. Um, yeah, that's basically what's going on in the sports section right now. So get ready for another week of Sports Scouts next week. And in the meantime, we'll keep on scouting. Mother's Day coming up, another holiday. Uh, but yeah, it's not what I'm talking Cinco about. De also, Mayo. Also happy, <laughs> Cinco de Mayo. Also happy. Cinco de Mayo. Not talking about Cinco yeah, de Mayo. True. I'm talking about May Day, but yeah, also Mother's Day and uh, Cinco de Mayo. A true Hispanic holiday. <laughs> yeah. C. Okay. Thanks, guys, for being on. This was awesome. <laughs> Did you actually just do that? <laughs> oh my God.